This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps people find and follow their bliss. We have a great show for you today, guest starring the Canadian singer, three-time Juno nominee, musician, poet, visual artist, and actress, Sarah Sleen. She will be singing and telling us all about her dazzling musical career and her profoundly intimate and highly intelligent relationship with music. Master Life Coach, author and founding member of the International Coach Federation and performer Darlene Crisley will also be here to talk about finding your bliss in these challenging times. There's going to be lots of music and great conversation in this hour, so stay with us. And to keep in touch, follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. And for articles, podcasts, and lots of creativity, go to our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. But first, I am so delighted to introduce you to Sarah Sleen. Sarah Sleen has been in the music industry for 25 years signed to Atlantic Warner Records at the tender age of 19. This three-time Juno nominee and modern-day Renaissance woman, Sarah Sleen, has since released 11 albums in over 10 countries worldwide. But perhaps the most astonishing aspect of her artistry is its breadth. Over her 20-year career, Sleen has published two volumes of poetry, starred in short films, and a movie musical spawning two Gemini Award nominations. She has penned two string quartets, held numerous exhibitions of her paintings, and shared the stage with 10 of the country's professional orchestras. Classically trained from the age of five years old, she routinely collaborates with cutting-edge contemporary classical ensembles, like The Art of Time, and she's been invited to sing world premieres by Canada's leading living composers. Citing such diverse influences as Leonard Bernstein, philosophy, Joni Mitchell, Buddhism, and Bach, her music borrows aspects of cabaret, rock, pop, and orchestral, all knit together by the startling poetry of her lyrics, virtuosic piano playing, and that voice, described by the CBC as a 19th century Kate Bush. In addition to headlining theatres across Canada, Sarah has also toured Europe, the US, Scandinavia, and has opened internationally for such artists as Brian Ferry, Rufus Wainwright, that's Rufus Wainwright, (laughs) Alanis Morissette, Andrew Bird, Feist, Ron Sexsmith, Chris Isaac, and Buck 65. Metaphysics, one of Sleen's more recent albums, has been described as a breathtaking amalgamation of Sleen's dramatic, 
orchestral arranging, and her signature take on songwriting. Sarah, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. So nice to be here. So great to have you. Sarah, you've said that music for you has always been a kind of emotional metabolism. It arises from the inner shifts, transformations that happen as a result of being a human living a life. And you go on to say that you have to have a meaningful relationship with life in order to Mm -hmm. say anything remotely interesting about it in music. And so you pause before you you go on. And I, I loved when you said that my way has always been through emotion, spirituality, wonder, engagement with the mystery of life. I would like to protect that sacred role that music has in my world. I don't want it to become something I exploit or push around. Can you elaborate? Sure. Well, in this particular moment in the world, there's so much pressure on musicians and artists from all sides to just churn it out. Just churn it out every day. Get a a song up on Spotify. Do this, do that. Take a video of yourself. Like, you know, it's just, it's relentless. And I, I still, I maintain that we are, we are nature. We are the product of exactly what you were describing, that mysterious energy that creates life forms, creatures, plants. We are part of that web. And we work in rhythms the way that nature works. And I I feel like creativity is a natural process and it has an incubation period that must be respected. You can't plant a seed and then scream at it to hurry up. You know, like you just have to let nature take its course. And for me, art making is really as beautiful, as mysterious, and requires as much respect as those kinds of natural processes. You know, I don't, I don't want to just force myself to write a song a week and, you know, put it all on a deadline. Yes, of course, you have to, at some point, you know, make goalposts for yourself and say, okay, I need to finish this album by, you know, whatever year. But at the same time, it's like, I don't, I only... If I give it that time and if I let it do the entire gestation, it is usually better. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I just, I feel like a lot of artists, you know, when you're young, you're so hungry and you're excited and you just want to go, go, go. But it's a, I think as I get older, I realize that these things, they take time and that time is worth it. Absolutely. What is a pandemic concert and how are you adapting to this rapidly changing industry that we all find ourselves in right now? Oh, well, Judy, let me tell you. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) I've been in this business for, as you said, 25 years. So I've seen the most radical shifts occurring in real time. You know, I thankfully I got to experience the major label system just before it collapsed. And so I got to make a very expensive album with a very expensive American budget in a big studio with great people. And that was probably, that was around 2001. And then just after that, the digital revolution was in full swing. And it, and we've taken the music industry as a whole has taken all kinds of knocks from all sides, but artists cannot be stopped. You know, they're getting squeezed in so many ways, but what people want to do when they're stuck in their homes during a, a crisis like the pandemic is they want to listen to music. They want to watch films. They need 
art. So I've uh, done some live stream concerts, which I initially thought I was going to feel really strange about. I could not believe how beautiful the experience was. It's a, we did it, we did it over zoom and you know, there are so many people scattered across the world that would never, ever, I would just never go to Uruguay to do a concert. Like I just wouldn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and these people can buy a very inexpensive ticket, uh, link up with the show on Zoom and share the experience of watching me play live with, you know, 800 friends internationally. It, it's kind of magical. Wow. Yeah. So incredible. So incredible. What has gotten you personally through these times, just yourself? I mean, this is the world really being turned upside down. What is getting you through these days and these weeks of this period that we're all living through? Oh, I appreciate that question so much because we're all dealing with this in our own our own ways. You know what has helped me? My garden, mm-hmm. my garden. And I think that might be a very common answer, but it's just so great to go back to the essentials, you know, like this is the way the, the world works. This is the way the earth turns itself around, exchanges energy. It will always, you know, summer will melt into fall, will melt into winter, will melt into spring. And it's so comforting to kind of return to those rhythms and step into that role that sometimes I think is, you know, the role of humans. And that is just be a a small part of stewarding life Mm -hmm. along. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You actually purchased a farm a number of years ago and you talked about returning back to the earth and, and how the farm has helped you to inspire and to continue creating meaningful music. Uh, Would you say that's an extension of what you just described with uh, how you're reacting during this period? I see you've done your research. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I must say at the, at that particular point in my life, I was so fed up with the industry and the fame game and, and the aspects of uh, commercializing art that are very difficult to swallow. I, I needed to go back to those rhythms that we're talking about to just see the clouds change across the sky and to, you know, pick some raspberries that I'd grown and just <laughs> return to that for a while, take stock and, and recenter. And it, it was really, I only lived there for just under three years, but it was maybe one of the most instructive and, and peaceful experiences of my life. Yeah. Wow. I want to understand just the, the timing of all this. Did this happen a little bit before the Metaphysics album? Were you in the farm during this period that the Metaphysics album was being created? Precisely. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I had started writing a lot of music there. And when I returned to Toronto um, in 2016, that's when everything started to really crystallize. And I started looking for collaborators and Metaphysics came out in uh, 2017. It's just beautiful, the album. What was the actual inspiration, would you say, for that album or just even, even just the kernel or the nugget that sort of made it all come together? That's a great question, too. There's a quote by this sort of futurist, novelist, brilliant mind, Aldous Huxley. He wrote mm-hmm. um, Brave New World. I had this quote actually painted on a wall in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, uh, it goes like this. All that we are and do and will depends in the final analysis on what we believe the nature of things to be. 
And I think what he's saying is, you know, everything we do, all the things we strive for, all the things we avoid, all the energy we put out in our lives really is deeply enmeshed in what we actually think the purpose of life is and what what our deep worldview is. Like, what do we think we're doing here? What's the point? You know, and a lot of people say they, you know, they have no idea the answer to that question and they just don't think about it. But that in itself is a choice. My worldview over the years has, has morphed and sort of changed shade, but the core of it has never really changed. And I think that the purpose of being here is to learn how to love in a in a profound way to to discover that we're all really essentially one organism, you know, one yes, phenomenon. Interconnected. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that so we, we all discover that we'll, we will discover that truth in, in different ways. Some people discover it through um, hardship and suffering and difficulty and sometimes illness and all these things, or other people have, you know, epiphanies, other people do ayahuasca, <laughs> you know, but, um, for me, it has always been art. Art is my, is my religion. It, it is an expression of my spirituality. Mm. Wow. Well, it is so apropos as we're going to play a short clip from your beautiful album, Metaphysics, and it's a song called Holy Ground. And there's just something about this piece that I found hauntingly beautiful. Thank you. Can you tell us what inspired you to write that particular piece and set up this clip for us? Sure. Oh, wow. I'm so delighted that you chose this song. Um, yeah, Holy Ground. One of the central ideas is that, you know, I don't believe there's any segment of this planet that is more special uh, from a, a spiritual standpoint than an, another. I think that everywhere we are is holy ground. And um, that's part of the, the realization of oneness that we were just discussing. Mm, so beautiful. Okay, without further ado, let's have a listen right now to Holy Ground by Sarah Sleen. God is looking in the mirror Into the fathomless depths of your eyes Whose tears are the only holy water By which you will kneel and be baptized There ain't no sicker than the seeker who hardens himself against love perhaps that's what I see in him and I want to heal in him cause I see it in Okay, I'm in tears. I'll admit it. I'm in tears. That was <laughs> that was holy ground from the album Metaphysics by Sarah Sleen. My goodness, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Just love that. Oh my goodness. 
Sarah, you studied music at York University, and then you mm-hmm. studied music and philosophy at the University of Toronto, playing Bach and Brahms and Beethoven, and you realized you wanted to write music and become a singer-songwriter, and you're really mm-hmm. known for your pop, cabaret, pop rock, and art rock musical styles, but you've had a tremendous training in classical music. How do you think your classical training has impacted your work? Uh, that's a great question, because I... I feel like the rigor that is just sort of par for the course in classical music really does serve its musicians very well. Once you're given the keys to that kingdom, you can unlock secret rooms in yourself. You can unlock some jazz. You can unlock pop. You can unlock a lot of these, you know, secret places that um, have this, that are built on this language. I remember when I was studying, when I was a really young child and I loved all kinds of music. And I thought like, there's a language here that I just need to learn how to figure out. Like I just need to learn it and then I can speak it so smart you know and to me that was the game like to to learn how to speak I wanted to make Mm, it's incredible you were signed for the first time Sarah at the tender age of 19 years old like that's quite young to be signed to a to a record label that's amazing (laughs) what uh, congratulations on that what was that (laughs) what was that like and can you take us back to that time and just your reaction when that all happened I have a photo that I took on a disposable camera. Remember those with the film inside? (laughs) I have a photo that I took in the elevator of the Atlantic Records building going on up to the top floor to meet Amit Erdogan, who is now passed away. But this is the man who signed Led Zeppelin and Aretha Franklin. Like it was surreal. It was this very surreal experience for a 19 year old. And I, I just, I don't even really remember most of it because it was so surreal. I look back, I'm very grateful for it. I remember, you know, we got wined and dined. We got taken to very expensive sushi restaurants in New York City. (laughs) Wow. It was fantastic. You have not only released nine albums, as I just mentioned, published poetry, starred in films. You've shared the stage with the countries, many, 10 of the country's most professional orchestras and chamber ensembles. What do you love about performing with an orchestra? And is there one moment that really stands out for you as an epiphany of sorts? <laughs> What's not to love about performing with an orchestra? <laughs> lovely, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, I think to myself, how how expensive and inefficient this this technology of an orchestra getting you know, all these humans into a room and they all have to take bathroom breaks and it's so clunky but the reason it has survived is there is nothing like that experience it's it's transcendent i think for lack of a better word to have all of those people all of the hours they have devoted in their lives to simply making a beautiful sound come out of a single instrument, you know, (laughs) and you have uh, 60 of them on stage and it's just really extraordinary. I it's majestic. It is. It's something it really is. And transported, you know, I love when you said this, I just found this to be brilliant. When you, you said something in you lights up when science, spirituality and technology overlap. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that? I just thought that was so fabulous, especially in these times that we're living in. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I think there's this weird misconception in some circles that to be spiritual is to renounce modernity, to to renounce the contemporary world. And I think nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, 
we are witnessing uh, such an evolution of the natural world. The natural world itself from the human brain has now, I mean, even human cognition is evolving and spreading outside the human brain. I carry a human brain in my pocket. You know what I mean? Like there's so the intelligence of all humanity combined is in my pocket every day of my life. Now it's kind of insane. And I, I just think that that's, you know, it's not something to be feared. Yes, there are all kinds of terrifying consequences to technology and the modern world, but also that thing we were talking about earlier, you know, the, the mysterious presence and rhythm in the natural world to me, the, the core of that is, I mean, people will tell me I'm projecting here, but I think the center of that energy is loving. You know, I think it was Einstein who said, the only thing that matters is whether or not you think the universe is friendly or hostile. And I'm in the, I'm decidedly in the friendly camp. I think that, <laughs> I'm with you, you know, <laughs> thank you. I just feel like the whole the core of the universe is is profoundly loving in my worldview. And I, I just think that, yes, there are always problems. That's been the story of humanity since as far back as written history. But but there will always be this, um, uh, this magnetic tug towards betterment, love, connection. Mm-hmm. You, Sarah, you are truly an artist in every sense of the word. You paint, you act, you write, you compose, you're, you sing, of course. You are a creative being. Can you tell us where this wellspring of creativity comes from and what your process is mm. when you are creating music? Oh, whew, that's a that's a large question. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I I think further to everything we've been talking about, I think that it's an expression really of my creativity is uh, an expression of my whole conversation or the dialogue I have with with the the living world, you know, and and in that dialogue, I'm constantly um, figuring out my own spirituality, my own uh, relationship to it, my own metaphysics. And uh, as I said, yeah, it's morphed over time, but the, the essentials are kind of bedrock. They never, the foundation of it never changes. And I guess having a worldview like that, where you believe that the center of everything is love and unity, makes you want to sing and makes you want to create and makes you want to speak to the hearts of other human beings. So my process for that is really, um, it's a delicate dance between not getting in the way of that mysterious thing that does it for you and also trying to, to gently guide it towards, you know, whatever, a deadline, a finished product, uh, you know. And so I, that's, that's difficult, that dance, because, you know, sometimes your frontal lobe takes over and the perfectionist <laughs> gets in there. In, yes. But uh, exactly, right? Oh, well, I've, seen you, I've seen you on a video conducting the, the group, like the orchestral group, and, and that you were working with on whatever, uh, I'm not sure what album it was that I saw, but you just looked so happy and you looked so in your, oh. in your bliss just being in the music and and creating and laughing and and doing that whole thing that we do when we create something and it, it was so 100%. lovely to see I mean like I it never is lost on me what a tremendous gift it is to be able to do this for a living I just feel 
so grateful on a daily basis. It gives me a kind of ridiculous human, like a, a childlike joy to be <laughs> working with wonderful musicians, to be uh, getting to make things like it really, I, I see it as such a privilege. So lovely. So I came across this and I got very excited. So I came across your contribution to Lamento Number no. 2, my song in Christos Hatches' album, Lamento and Ecstasy. And I actually know his sister, Elena Hatches. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw this and I just loved it. So we're going to play a bit of it now. And I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your experience with that song and that album. Sure. Of uh, working with Chris, Christos Hatches. Wow. What a small world, <laughs> hey? Yeah, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> There's a wonderful producer from CBC, Jeff Riley, who approached me and, and uh, Christos separately and said, I want to do this thing where Sarah, we take, we take an, a sort of non-classical singer, a dramatic singer and, and make, uh, and Christos would orchestrate something and be a, a true uh, blending of those worlds, a real collaboration, a sort of cross genre mashup. I want to, and he wanted to record it and Symphony uh, Nova Scotia was really into it. And I, I just couldn't wrap my head around what it was going to be until I sat down with Christos and we had a coffee in a park one day and spoke for about two hours <laughs> about the universe and all of this fascinating science and philosophy. And I was just blown away by his intellect. And I said, whatever this man makes, I would like to sing it. <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a listen to Lamento number two, my song from the album, Christos Hatches, Lamento and Ecstasy. Let's have a listen. It's morning, it's morning again The world comes alive outside Your voice is so beautiful and gorgeous, and there's something so ethereal and magical about that piece. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. I love talk to Oh, it's really fantastic. What is bliss for Sarah Sleen right now? Well, it's always music. It's always music, but it's also um, my backyard and the beautiful faces of friends and um, doing these online concerts and seeing wonderful faces all looking back at me and being able to raise some money for Nova Scotia nurses, which is what we did last time. And just being alive, you know, I'm, I'm, I know it's a scary time, but I, I feel really excited to be in the world at this time, living through what we're living through, because I think a lot of good will come from it too, you know? 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. How can people contact you, Sarah? And what is the best way for people to purchase your music? Oh, that is really kind of you to ask. Um, I kind of threw up my hands a long time ago. I was like, okay, whatever, Spotify, you win. You have more, you have more billions than I do. Um, but following an artist on Spotify is more helpful than I think most people realize. Mm. So if you follow an artist on Spotify, that really helps the incredibly dense math behind all of the things in that particular platform. Also, you can buy albums on iTunes. Um, A lot of different artists are on Bandcamp. I personally am not, but uh, Bandcamp, I think, goes pretty much straight to the artists. Um, But also going to see shows and, and buying merch, that really does help artists as well or helping them fund their albums. Absolutely. This has been so delightful. I'm not fully saying goodbye to you because you're going to be coming back at the end of the show to sing us out with one of your first songs that you created back in 2002. So uh, first of all, thank you very much just for this wonderful time that we've just spent. But when we come back, more of Finding Your Bliss with Master Certified Coach, founding member of the International Coach Federation, author and performer, Darlene Crisley. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, and welcome back to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I'm so delighted to have back on a return guest, and that is the wonderful, incomparable life coach and beautiful artist, actor, singer, and many other things. And her name is Darlene Crisley. Darlene, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm going to tell the listeners all about you. Um, Darlene, you are a creative being, a writer, performer, explorer, and master coach. You're an expert in the art of living with creativity and imagination. Darlene Crisley was among the first professional coaches in Canada. She was a co-founder of the Adler School of Professional Coaching, and she has an international practice and has worked with hundreds of individuals and companies as coach, consultant, and teacher. During the economic crash of 2008, Darlene responded with the question, what's my creative response? She initiated a project that brought dozens of Toronto area coaches into Starbucks stores along Young Street to offer conversations for power and possibility to people who were reeling from the impact of the Great Recession. The program created for this project later found its way into her book, Conversations for Power and Possibility, Four Conversations to Transform Your Life and Change the World. Now the world finds itself in another crisis, once again, 
everything has changed overnight. Conversations for power and possibility have never seemed more relevant or more important. This time, Darlene's creative response has been to adapt the material for the book and a course called What to Do When the World Spirals Out of Control. It has just been made available on Teachable. You can reach Darlene at her website, lifescapers.com, or by email at darlene at lifescapers.com. Hi, Darlene. So happy to have you back on the program. And that's so wonderful about this book that you have recreated and this wonderful course. Well, we live in interesting times, don't we? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The last time you came to Zoomer Radio, it was in person. And here we both are in our makeshift home recording studios having this conversation. But I'm so grateful that we're even able to do that. Darlene, how do you as a life coach, and you're a brilliant one, help people during this COVID-19 pandemic to digest and process all of this? Mostly in these times, we get this sense that we are powerless because something is impacting us that's huge and that's from the external. And also that our worlds have become smaller. So our sense of possibility is is really restricted. And that feels tight and that can create anxiety, both of those things. You know, the unknown, the powerless and, and the sense that we're confined And so I think the first thing is to really help establish ourselves in that sense of power and possibility, finding ways to connect and remind ourselves of our own resourcefulness and our power. And also understanding that in these times of change, although in the beginning, it's, as I say, traumatic because so much is changing, that every time the world changes, some things close down, but new opportunities open up. And new insights are revealed. So to be able to find get grounded enough that we can uh, reestablish our sense of power and start to be sensitive to the possibilities. If I could, I'd like to share a very short piece of a poem. I'd love that. It's by Sharon Olds. She's a wonderful poet, and her poem is called Little Things. So here's the here's the snippet that I want to share with our audience today. She says, I am doing something I learned early to do. I am paying attention to small beauties, whatever I have, as if it were our duty to find things to love, to bind ourselves to this world. Mm, I love that, Darlene. I love that. And I tell you, that has been the most powerful choice that I've been making to stay grounded during this, beyond all the things that I can do, you know, with the course, which is how can I serve? And with power and possibility, how can I remain strong? This searching for small beauties and connecting to them. I've been going out every day on my exercise walks with my little iPhone camera Hmm. (laughs) and uh, charting things like the emerging blossoms on the trees from bud and as they open up. To use this time wisely makes so much sense. Oprah said, you know, it is a good time to learn to play the piano or write that book or really use the time wisely. And yet, as I'm saying that, I found at the beginning, you wanted to keep your days very, very full. I'm going to take that Yale happiness course. (laughs) I'm going to achieve this and that. And then all of a sudden you sort of get exhausted and you're like, wait a minute, I'm just going to make dinner and lunch and breakfast for my family and try to get a walk in and, you know, get a load of laundry in. Like there's just so much that you can do, right? Yes. And I think that 
avoiding the productivity trap at this time is so important. And that sense of expectation, you know, we're used to claiming our worth based on how productive we are, how much we do, what we put out in the world. And this isn't the time for that. If you do that, it puts a, an overload on your system. But that's a very different thing than listening to what wants to emerge in you as your response back. You know, if you say, I should be really learning to cook, or I should be learning this, or I should be using this time to create, that's a very different energy than every night I am not going out to restaurants, I'm learning to cook for my family. And I'm finding out that that is more fun than I thought it could be, mm -hmm. because it seemed drudgery. And it's, it's calling me to want to try out my grandmother's recipes. If people are blocked because they're anxious and when you're anxious and stressed and, you know, the cortisol is raging, you may not be able to listen to your inner spirit and to your heart. How do you quiet down in order to really hear what is calling to you and what your calling may be? Again, I would go back to the tactile. Cooking is very hands-on. It's something that you that you need to do anyway. Um, drawing, I as I say, even going on your walk, taking your little iPhone and taking pictures of the beauty that you see. That's why I love the finding the small beauties because they don't require you to figure anything out. There is no answer. It really is in the spirit of what is wanting to come up. I mean, journaling, as always, is is great. Sketching is is also good in this period. There's always a choice, and it's part of the power and possibility uh, approach or mindset as to where you place your attention. And if you place the attention on all of the bad news all the time, listening to it, and spending a lot of time focused on the the crisis and things that we don't know. Like right now, there's so much is uncertain. Mm -hmm. No one knows much about the virus. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows is in the economy. So it's fruitless since no one knows to go listening to all of the speculation. Mm -hmm. And it does bad things for our nervous system. But we have a choice to direct our energy there or to direct it back home. I've been filling my home and my mother's mm -hmm. home. I can't see her because she's in long-term care or at least a seniors-oriented building that's closed. And she is all alone there and she has dementia. But I leave bouquets of flowers and chocolates, etc., on her doorstep mm. on a regular basis so that, so that she has that. Music has been really helpful for so many people. And I think music is a way that for me and for many releases. You know, I think both ways, listening is powerful and making is powerful. May I um, sing one little piece for you? I, you just read my mind. I was about to ask you that. But <laughs> please do. I'm so happy. Okay. So I had a very religious upbringing. And as a result of that, my head is full of songs and hymns. So I decided this week, uh, one day when I was bored at home as everyone else, that I would just do a a little video and put it out on Facebook of this little clip. So here's the, the song that was going through my mind. He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, 
that we may be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. It's just a little... A little uh, acapella piece, but I put it out there with my smiling face to the world. <laughs> and what what happened next, though, was the next day I got a little video back. And my cousin, Heather, who lives up north and I haven't seen in a while, had pulled that and found a way to add her voice to the track. And she sent it back to me with her singing harmony on it. Aww. And it was an amazing thing because it brought me back to, you know, her her dad used to play the piano and organ and we would sing when we were kids. And that was magic to me. He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we make. Be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That's so great. I love that. Darlene, I wanted to ask you, what are you hearing from clients? Mostly as a coach, I'm hearing that some of the things that we were working on and people were intent on, suddenly there's no energy for it. And it's what you said at the top of the call. The world shifted, their attention has moved, and their ability to engage in actively pursuing what they were pursuing, it's just not there the same. Now, I will be very interested if that starts coming back soon, because I find that it was the same for me. You know, I first got knocked off, and I don't know about you, knocked off kilter a little bit, and and so many disappointments. And then it was just to get through the day and just to orient myself was enough. And I found that. And so the people that do call are really wanting to talk about the kinds of things that we've been talking about right now. What are some of the top tips that you'd like to impart in what to do when the world spirals out of control? The first thing is to remember that you are more powerful than you know. What I say sometimes in in my book is change the conversation, change the world. Mm -hmm. And the kinds of conversations that we have and the language that we use to describe our situation, and we're seeing that all over with people saying, oh, well, I'm stuck at home or I'm safe at home. (laughs) Those kinds of language, they make a difference. The last thing I suppose is ask yourself, what's my creative response? Mm -hmm. When in the last crisis, I wrote that in sticky notes, yellow sticky notes all over my house. (laughs) But I think if you keep asking yourself, what's my creative response? What's my creative response? You know, maybe it's to put a song out there. Maybe it's a new course or a new book, as you say. Maybe the creative response is something different. But these are what I would offer at this time. Your creative response was to adapt the material for your book into a course called What to Do When the World Spirals Out of Control. How can people access that? You can access that by going to my website, lifescapers.com. And you can also go to teachable.com and look up the Lifescapers School. 
Isn't that wonderful? What a wonderful gift that you're giving to people. Darlene, I've asked you this before. And so now in this new normal and this new world, as it were, that we're living in, what is bliss for Darlene Crisley? I would say it's the same as I began the call with. It is paying attention to small beauties and finding the creative ways to connect. I mentioned my mother before Mm -hmm. who has Alzheimer's and is locked in her apartment and not allowed visitors. And she has um, memory loss. And so that can make it even more isolating. Hmm. And I've been trying to find ways to connect. And I had a brainstorm the other day and and I phoned her. And although she's lost many of her capabilities, music stays with you. Hmm. And she plays the piano beautifully. And so what I did was I sat at my piano with my phone and she sat at her piano with hers. And we played hymns to each other and sang together. And it was the most beautiful and powerful experience. Oh, I love that. Wow. What a creative and wonderful thing. And what a wonderful gift that you gave her. My goodness. And yourself. And it was like she wasn't ill. And it was like we weren't disconnected because there was, we were just in the music together. And so you are more powerful than you know, and creativity is really what's called for in this time. I want to thank you so much, Darlene Crisley, for joining us today on Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a delight. I just want to say kudos for keeping the show going and switching technology. (laughs) And I also want to say how important it is what you are doing with this show. And right now, more than ever, people who are in various emotional states right now, they really need that warmth of your voice coming through and helping them to find those moments of bliss in this situation. So thank you for having me and allowing me to be part of that. God bless, Darlene. And uh, you're always welcome on the show. And stay healthy and be safe. We are going to go to a short commercial break right now. When we come back, Sarah Sleen sings a song from earlier on in her career, Sweet Ones, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And here for one last time with a song that is one of my favorites of hers is Sarah Sleen. And the beautiful song is Sweet Ones from her album, Nightbugs. Sarah, I love this song. Can you set this up for us? Absolutely. I had written this song and um, my co-producer was so excited about it. When we, we made a demo in his basement that was kind of on a rickety piano with, you know, not a lot of instruments, just really fast, probably in an hour. <laughs> and then when we went to the fancy studio, we re-recorded it and we ended up putting the rickety version on the album just because it had all of this energy and youth and it was it just was there was no self-consciousness about it it's just this kind of rollicking cabaret number so we mm-hmm. left it at is as is and it turned out to be the first single on the album and probably my most successful radio song to date <laughs> it's absolutely incredible i'm so excited for our listeners to hear it here is sweet ones right now
Wow. Wow. That's such a feel good song. I just love it. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I want to thank you, Sarah Sleen. You are truly a magnificent artist and it's been so wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was so great and wonderful to hear you sing and to have you on Finding Your Bliss. Again, you can follow Sarah Sleen by going to Sarah Sleen on Instagram, Facebook, and on her website, which is sarahsleen.com. And as Sarah Sleen said, uh, wonderful to reach out and get her music on Spotify and iTunes and support um, beautiful artists like this wonderful one that we've just had the absolute honor and pleasure of listening to in this hour. And again, to purchase her music, go to Spotify, iTunes, and a special thank you to Master Coach as well and lovely singer and amazing performer Darlene Crisley. In Bliss News, the wildly popular Toronto Fringe Festival, which has been running every summer since 1989, has had to cancel all live performances this July, but the show will go on, at least online this summer. In July, the Toronto Fringe will launch 12 days of collaborative online programming. 56 companies will produce video, audio, written, and interactive pieces. Confirmed artists include our very own supervising producer, Mag Ruffman of Road to Avonlea, and lots of home improvement shows. Mag will be producing a short film titled Things Dead People Say, a serial comic investigation of the afterlife. This year's Fringe will be an amazing collaborative effort, and we can't wait to see what these artists come up with in the year of no congregating. You can find out more by visiting FringeToronto.com. Also in Bliss News, just a postscript about life coach Darlene Crisley's course. Her new course title is The Creative Response, Finding Power and Possibility in Times of Crisis. And the link to register for the course is Lifescapers dot teachable dot com slash courses also darlene's one woman show mama a moi will appear when the fringe festival returns in 2021 but you can also catch darlene on the digital stage at the following storytelling venues june 7th at but that's another story june 20th for the six minute memoir and july 1st to 12th at the toronto fringe collective which is online and a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Leggia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. As always, I'm going to close out the show with a short meditation. And this one is called the Mantra Exercise. Choose a mantra. It can be any word, from calm to love or something that is special for you and gently close your eyes and start repeating that word either silently or out loud. Follow the rhythm of your natural breathing, letting the cadence and sound of the mantra lift you up and away. When your mind wanders, bring it back to the mantra gently but firmly and try repeating it with more emphasis. Come out of the meditation slowly and open your eyes. Enjoy that wonderful feeling of calm that comes over you more and more. And return to your day and wishing you a wonderful one. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.